information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Oh, man. What's wrong? I can smell them. Oh, the donuts. Oh, man. I, you know, I thought I would maybe hold them off for a little while. Don't be a hypocrite, Howard. Don't gonna, you was, be a hypocrite. I was going to hold them off for a little while. I thought maybe I can just, you know, I don't I don't, I don't, don't have to eat them right away. But I can smell them. The the, 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 the aroma is wafting over here. My good friends uh, Bob and, uh, not Bob, uh, Bill and Carol Sykes came by uh, and brought us some donuts from Respects. We've got the apple fritters, Bob, and we've got uh, some selected donuts here. I'm going to pull the curtain. I'm going to shut the window and pull the curtain so you can't see me, Howard. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to start chowing down. Is that what you're saying? I appreciate them. They they were with us. Um, they're regular listeners of the show. Used to live here in the upper Ohio Valley. I live in Dayton now, but I get texts from them. They listen. Every, they're among the ones who complained when our streaming audio was down. I can't hear you. What's going on? Um, good people. Just good people. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Carol. Very, very uh, nice people. Bill. What? Bill. Oh. You said Paul. I, I messed that up. You did. Let me say that again. Bill, I, I apologize. I just met you, you know, two minutes ago. Thank you so much, Bill and Carol. I'll try not to mess that up again. 53, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 52 at the Highlands. 50 at my uh, home studios in Elm Grove. Most generally, 53 here? 53. 53 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Great day today. Clear sky, sunshine, high near 80 today. Clear sky, sunshine, high into the low 80s tomorrow. Clear sky, sunshine on Sunday. Temperatures in the mid-80s. And then, whew, boy, uh, Monday, Labor Day. I'm not complaining. I'm perfectly content with this. It's going to be a scorcher on Monday. Again, sunshine, blue skies. Uh, temperatures in, in, around 90 into the 90s later in the week. We'll be probably before the middle of the week next week be looking at uh, close to 100 degree feels like temperatures again. I'm okay with that. I'm 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 perfectly uh, perfectly okay with that. Next half hour, uh, Jennifer is in from Uniglobal High Valley Travel. We'll be talking about the travel uh, tips and suggestions they might have. Uh, Bill and Carol were with us on the Route 66 trip last year. Uh, they instead are they're here in town to they were here last night to visit with them, the Uniglobe folks. They're going to on a uh, a cruise. I think it's said to London, so they're not going. No, that's the way I would want to go. That, that that to me would be perfect. I would go on that, but I don't want to fly there. There's no there's no way you, you you'd have to have a gun on me. You'd have to sedate me, and then you'd still have problems. You but know, I would jump on a boat in a in a heartbeat. I um have never had tr- trouble with international travel. First place because I sleep. Once I get to sleep, I'm I'm okay. I sleep most of the most. No of the fear time. of blowing up or crashing. Nothing like that. You just go right to sleep. I just shh, me 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 me. If it's gonna happen, I'm you know I'm doing that. Don't even wake me up. I, I usually watch a movie. Um, I, I, the first time I went international, uh, I I got a little bit antsy about thinking ahead about oh man, I, you know it was a nine hour flight or something. I think it was 13. I went to Saudi Arabia. If you, it was like 13 hours. Yeah, I'm never doing that. I'll um, take the boat there, but I'm not taking the airplane. 811 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Labor Day. We're going to talk about uh, unions coming up with Josh Schwartz in a minute or two. But I do have a few items off the Frio Stack auction service text line, 304-214-1600. We have been talking about um, Uncle Pete's has been has very close to the old-fashioned Louis hot dogs. Those of us who remember Louis hot dogs here in the Upper Ohio Valley, they're out of business, but but they were the creme de la creme of the hot dogs here in the valley. No offense to Goulas, no offense to Tito's, no offense to Generations that has those great big Pete Rose that I usually get when I'm down there. But 
just couldn't beat Louis' hot dog. And it was their sauce that made the whole thing right. Uh, Uncle Pete's has somehow managed to find that sauce and has it on their dogs. On Thursdays, they have a chili dog special. I had two yesterday. Um, the only thing is, as Bob Slider pointed out a couple weeks ago, to make it a perfect Louis' hot dog, it needs diced onions, and you 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 go for the light mustard, right? And then a yes. little little ketchup with for me too. But it's the, but they need to just uh, they don't have to do it. They're fine the way they are. But if they want to really be a Louis' hot dog, gotta go with the diced onions. And Howard, I'm trying to have this vision in my head. Didn't they like? When you would watch them prepare the hot dogs, didn't they like have a wooden stick that they would put in the mustard and they would like do two yeah, yeah, swipes yeah, just, on each yeah, exactly. side? Yeah, yeah, yep. You yep. know, so lightly on the mustard, yeah, two sides, and then put the onions and the sauce. Michael had sent a text earlier saying that since we're talking about old-fashioned food uh, being served here in the Ohio Valley, he said the Esbridge steak sandwiches are now available at the Dogs Den and on Kruger Street. And now he points out something which I did know and I didn't make the connection. The cook. At the dog's den, and I knew this, I recognized the name, I didn't make Sheena Mortimer. I was like kin to Tom. So it's a kin. So obviously, not surprising, they have... I'll stop in her and tell some stories about her granddad. It has to be her granddad. My, uh, I had lunch yesterday with my friend Barry Crow, and Barry was talking about going to the dog's den for lunch, so uh, something to do. Let me see real quick, uh, what else? Keep losing texts here. I don't know where they go. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, Howard, I saw an article about another college filing for bankruptcy in West Virginia. And do you think they should use surplus money to bail them out? Or is WVU the only university worthy to help from surplus bailout? I don't think state should pick winners and losers. You're, you're get, whoever this is, you're getting things all mixed up here. Alderson Broadus did file for bankruptcy. Alderson Broadus already had their certification taken away. They're in deep financial debt. Uh, way beyond their means. They were decertified. There, there, there is no more Alderson Bodice Cottage. They have now gone to bankruptcy to try and you know, get rid of their buildings and so on and so forth. That is nowhere the same as WVU. And by the way, WVU is not getting a bailout either, although I, if you want to call it a bailout, I think they should. Okay, that's enough. Let's go uh, to Josh Schwartz. He's the head of the West Virginia AFL-CIO and a uh, uh, good friend of ours in the stations here. It's always good to talk to you. Josh, good morning, sir. Good morning, Howard. Happy uh, Labor Day weekend. Now, because you're a labor kind of guy and unions are, you know, the, 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 the backbone of America on Labor Day, do you rest on Labor Day or do you, do you work on Labor Day? We'll work every day. There's, uh, there are things going on Friday, uh, starting today, then uh, Saturday, Sunday, and of course, you know, big events throughout the state on Labor Day itself. So it's a it's a busy weekend, but it's fun. It gives us an opportunity uh, to travel around the state, uh, recognizing and honoring all of labor's accomplishments, uh, which is, you know, a result of the greatest country on the planet. And so, uh, it's a great weekend. It's busy, uh, but there'll be lots of people out uh, celebrating this wonderful holiday. There are a lot of big Labor Day events around the Upper Ohio Valley. I think does Peyton City still have, does Peyton City have one? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a big event, and it's on Labor Day itself. You can go to our website, Howard, at wvaflcio.org. As soon as you hop on our website, there's a pop-up that lists, you know, all the Labor Day events that we're aware of. You can get all the information there, and we'd love to see, we'd love to see folks out at all these events. But, yes, Payton City is a big, big event on Labor Day itself. I don't know if you're going to be going to it, Josh, but if you do, um, 
Well, don't drink the water because they got bad water down there right now. So, Good enough. Yeah, Good take, enough. Yeah, take, bring, bring some bottles with you if, you, if you're going. Um, I wanted to talk about the status of not just labor but of unions in America today. I have seen a couple of polls come out this week, Josh, that suggests an increasing support by the American public in general. I won't necessarily talk about West Virginia, but the American public in general, increasing support of unions. Uh, have you seen those polls, and do you do you concur with that? Is that the way you are feeling things in your business? Every year prior to Labor Day, the AFL-CIO and its affiliates conduct you know nationwide scientific survey talking about unions and how people feel about them. And you know this year came back with really solid numbers. I mean, seven out of ten uh, voters. Have a favorable opinion of of unions and and what they mean and and the benefits they provide. The big number, Howard, coming out of this poll, that has really got our attention: eight eighty eight percent of workers under thirty have a favorable or very favorable view of unions, and that's the workforce of tomorrow. So I'm very optimistic with the numbers and where people. Uh, you know, believe that, you know, unions do a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But generally, we try to break it down to, to just a few things to try to simplify it. You know, we want fair wages, good benefits, and a safe workplace. And that looks very different throughout all our different industries. But the common denominator here, and we're seeing this in poll year after year after year, that workers recognize and value that voice in the workplace that organized labor gives them. So I'm really optimistic about the future. You know, unfortunately, we have a handful of people who come to Charleston every legislative session and, and think it's their top priority to attack working people. It makes no sense to me because um, all we're doing is advocating for workers and their families. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. It clearly is a situation where they're getting their marching orders from, you know, out-of-state billionaires uh, because there's no benefit in, uh, to what they're doing in West Virginia. In fact, it's made it even more difficult to provide the workforce for these opportunities that are on the horizon, Howard. Uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we're strong and we're going to keep fighting away and we're going to meet the demands of tomorrow's workforce. I am intrigued by that uh, number that you talked about among young people because I do think that's really important. Um, let's be honest about it. There has been sort of a decline in union – not sort of. There has been a decline in union membership uh, over the last period of years. I don't know if it's turned around or not. But it, it, from the heyday when the unions were dominant here in West Virginia, for example, to today, things are, th things are very different. But, you know, I think one of the – I've always thought about this. I think one of the things is – so much of what the unions brought about in earlier years, like the 40-hour work week, like the you know weekends off, like uh, fair wages and so on, have now become accepted a standard. And I'm, I think sometimes folks don't realize that those were fought for. And now it's just, well, you know, we don't need a union. Well, we've got all this good stuff. Well, you know, Howard, that's a really good point. I say it often. You know, my generation is a good example to use. We inherited, in a lot of ways, you know, benefits that were fought for uh, with blood, sweat, and tears. And, and it wasn't real for a lot of us what it took to get to that point. And I think as we've seen an erosion 
of those benefits that have been earned by generations before us, this new generation, these these workers under 30, are saying, look, you know, we clearly the, the message is clear. We they have to fight. They have to fight for that voice in the workplace. They have to fight these giant corporations and CEOs that make 272 times what the average worker does. They have to fight. And we are seeing more and more solidarity throughout the country than than we have certainly in my lifetime. I mean, just look at what's happened here recently. The, The Teamsters, you know, held firm and garnered, you know, what they're saying is the best contract, you know, ever. Uh, in their negotiations with UPS. We're seeing the the United Auto Workers uh, in their uh, upcoming contract negotiation with the big three. Uh, 97% of UAW members have authorized a strike if the big three don't sit down and negotiate in good faith. Mm -hmm. More locally, uh, we've got CWA, who has recently uh, reached a tentative agreement with Frontier. And it's likely one of the best contracts in the telecommunications industry. So we're seeing the fruits of our labor here. It's going to take some time. And and these barriers that the legislative leaders have adopted into our statute, you know, make it more difficult. But at the end of the day, when someone is motivated and they want to have that voice in the workplace, they're going to get it. You know, Josh, a theme that we've been talking about here on this show over the last couple of weeks has been, my question has been, whatever happened to the middle class? You know, it seems like the middle class continues to be shrinking and shrinking. And I think one of the things that has happened is that as unions have become less powerful, um, they have not been standing up to defend the middle class. And so the middle class has been kind of slipping, slipping backwards. The working class, the middle working class. Yeah, a rising tide lifts all ships, Howard. And, and there was another interesting statistic in this poll that I thought was pretty telling. Fifty percent of those surveyed believe that unions help non-union workers. Uh, so, and we and we see that you know when you have uh, some shops that are organized and some not in a particular industry, you're going to see somewhere between a 16 and 18 percent higher wages in that union shop as opposed to the non-union shop. You're going to see overall better benefits, a better health care package, uh, you know, higher retirement benefits than you'll see on at that non-union site. You're also going to have a safer workplace at the union site as compared, as compared to the non-union site. So, you know, our goal obviously would be that everybody could have that voice in the workplace. We're, we're getting there. It's a slow process. But I'm super proud of labor leaders throughout West Virginia who continually, you know, step up to the plate and organize and do a really good job, you know, leading their members. Uh, Unions clearly work for the union members, and your statistics there show that they uh, work for even those who are not union members per se. Is the union good for the company? I think. I I mean, look, a lot of times you're not going to get the corporations to admit it, but when you have... A, a healthy, happy, and motivated worker, your product becomes better, and that's just that's just common sense, right? So you look at the country that we live in, and and all the things that have been built to make us, you know, the greatest country on the planet. As I mentioned before, yeah, there may have been some people on on the business side to help put things together, the financing and whatever, but it's but it's labor. It's labor that builds things. And it's labor that comes in once, you know, facilities are built 
and does the long-term employment, manufacturing, whatever it may be, it's workers. It's middle-class working families that truly make this world go round. And, you know, I'm blessed, Howard. I get to get up every day and go fight for those folks, and it is enjoyable. I love it, and I'm looking forward to a weekend of spending some time with workers throughout the state celebrating our accomplishments. All right, so all this is feel-good stuff. The poll numbers are good. I, I like the things that you're talking about. What are the what are the issues that are still out there? What are the what are the concerns and problems you have for the working men and women, particularly maybe in West Virginia? Well, right now it's it's just a constant battle with many um, leaders in the legislature. For some reason, they they believe that their priority, instead of focusing on, you know, doing good things for the state, they want to you know, come after organized labor because, you know, we don't see eye to eye oftentimes on policy. And that's and that's what's gotten that's what's gotten our country off track to be quite frank, Howard. You know, we've gotten into these little fights because we don't like this group or that group and take your eye off the prize. They spend an insurmountable amount of time on things that don't matter. But it's little personal yeah. pet projects for some of the leaders down there. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. And the the other thing is, so much of what's being done now. I'm I've got my political rant hat on for just a second. But the other thing is being done by the GOP supermajority is they're making this state unattractive to young people. Um, I had to laugh earlier this week at the uh, Greenbrier summit that was held on the chamber. Uh, e. Gordon Gee and Brad Smith got together and they announced this new program, First Ascent in West Virginia, designed to try and keep students in the state. And they said that you know. Uh, our plan is to, I forget exactly how they phrase it, but to be in tune with the lifestyle and desires of young people. And yet the legislature does everything it can to drive those same folks out of here. It's remarkable. Uh, I, I, I'll, I don't, I'll never understand it. I, I do think there's an opportunity from real, for some real change. And anyway, we have a big election coming up in 2024. And then, you know, two years after that, I, I think over the next two or three election cycles, I think you're going to see a change in the folks that are, uh, you know, representing the state in the legislature. And I certainly hope, <clears throat> I certainly hope the focus is a bit different. I mean, there's nothing, very few things they're doing right now are attracting businesses. Let's be really honest, Howard. You know, we're, we're on the cusp of some real investments here. And, and I think it's a, a great day and a great opportunity for the state. Now, that would not be happening. That would not be happening without federal investments. You know, there are three or four pieces of federal legislation. You had the bipartisan infrastructure bill. You had the Inflation Reduction Act. You had the CHIPS Act. And there's been a couple other things that have provided opportunities for real investments in West Virginia. These things would not be happening here. These companies are not coming here because of what the legislative leadership has done. They're coming here because there's an investment from the feds. And I have to find, I have to tell you, I find it incredibly amusing. I'll get on social media from time to time, and I'll look at our governor or, you know, maybe <laughs> Senator Capito, and they'll be blasting, you know, Joe Biden in Washington, D.C., uh, for, you know, whatever it is they're, uh, we're going to beat them up for, you know, this today, you know, whatever the day may be. But the reality is then they'll turn around and drive, you know, 100 miles to a big grand opening, a big yeah. announcement of a major <laughs> investment, and, and they're opposed to it. But they'll be there cutting that ribbon, smiling for the cameras. Uh, they're pulling the wool over people's eyes, and I just 
you know, at some point, people are going to pay a little more attention and see what they're doing. I, I was just going to make that point, and then I have to move on. But I was just going to make that point. The governor especially is he is, is just as is, is, is happy as a pig in slop to talk about, you know, while well, we got this new investment here and we got this project coming here and, and all of these things. Uh, at the same time, with the other side of his mouth in another arena, he talks about how terrible the things the Biden administration has done is. And in particular, well, you know, he, he the governor argued against the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, as was pending in Congress. And now he just he just loves to take the money. He loves to take the money. Um, there's a lot of hip and I get it. I mean, I get the argument. Well, I didn't think we should do it, but we did it. I might as well take the money, but he's happy to go around the state and sit in his little chair and, and, you know, proclaim what a great thing we've done when indeed impact, indeed, in fact, as you point out, it is not what he has done. I'll tell you this, Howard, one last thing, you know, if, if you're opposed to Medicare negotiating drug prices for <laughs> seniors, then you should be opposed to the inflation reduction act. If you're opposed to capping insulin at $35, then you're, you should be opposed to the Inflation Reduction Act. I can tell you I've seen the numbers. The overwhelming majority of West Virginians support Medicare negotiating drug prices. They support caps on insulin. Um, but, you know, they're not, they're, 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 they're not, they've not been informed and educated as to, as to why those benefits now exist. And it's, it's because of the Inflation Reduction Act. Absolutely. Hey, Josh, have yourself a happy Labor Day weekend. Enjoy yourself. I appreciate the work you always do. Thanks for joining me this morning. Good conversation. And we'll, we'll touch base again as time goes by. Thanks, Howard. Happy Labor Day, brother. I right, appreciate it. Uh, Josh Schwartz, the uh, head honcho and chief bigwig, president of the West Virginia AFL-CIO. I thought it was only appropriate on Labor Day that we talk to the guy who represents the laboring men and women here in the Mountain State. Bob, I don't know where we are. I, I, it's, it's time for a break of some kind, right? Let's take a break. It's a break time. It's 830 in the morning. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host for Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. College and NFL football are back, baby. The Watchdog brings your favorite teams to your speakers. Let's go Mountaineers. On WKKX, WVLY. FM 98.1, 97.7, AM 1600, 1370. And Let's Go Dog Pound. On WKKX, FM 98.1, AM 1600. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. 
You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit. Building upon strong traditions. Pioneering medical care. Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care. Right place. Right time. On FM. On AM. Online. On demand. And on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. 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 When he says now, he means now. He means right? it. He means like right now. We're here right now. 8.32, 28 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up in a couple of minutes, Jennifer will be here at our Ohio Valley Travel Show sponsored by Uniglobe, Ohio Valley Travel. I know that uh, she's got to take us to Bermuda and to Alaska. And Ireland and Scotland as well. So wow, we're really seeing the whole globe. Would you like to go to Ireland or Scotland? Can I go by boat? Well, I'm, uh, I say, forget the airplane <laughs> thing. Would you? Would you like to go? I, I, I want to see it all. I just don't want to fly there. I, yeah. I would. I, those. I. They're, they're not bucket lists. I mean, it's like my only bucket list is I have two bucket list travel places. Italy. I would love to go to Italy uh, and that whole Mediterranean area, and. Uh, not Rome, um, Jerusalem. I'd like to go to the, the Holy Land. Those are bucket lists. However, having said that, I think I would really enjoy Ireland, Scotland. My daughter-in-law has been there, and uh, and actually, you know, I am a was I'm a king of Scotland or something like that, because she bought me. My daughter-in-law bought me a little tiny plot of land. It's like you know, two square inches. They, you, Royalty. You can buy that in uh, in uh, in Scotland. And then I have a big certificate on the wall that says I am now a Duke of Scotland or something like that. So I really think Bill and Carol have the right idea. I mean, I would like to see all of it, but you know, take once you cruise. get there by boat, you could take a train, right? I mean, you, oh yeah, you can get around. Once you get there, there's just not a shot of me ever getting in an airplane for that long a time. My daughter-in-law, who who goes to Europe multiple times a year for her work, obviously flies to Europe, but then she always takes a couple extra days beside her work to do some vacation type travel and she'll she'll you know use land transportation once she's there and she'll go to ireland she'll go to scotland she'll go to you know different places um but it's yeah once you're there so take take you know how much is the queen mary Howard? i was just gonna say i don't is the is the queen is the queen mary still <laughs> about to sell my house Howard. when jennifer gets in here we'll have to ask her that uh listen 59 degrees wheeling ohio county airport 57 at the highlands 52 still in my backyard in numb grove and we are up to 53 53 degrees here at the robinson auto group studios downtown wheeling in the heart of the ohio valley beautiful weekend in store i really there's no sense in running the whole forecast down sunshine blue skies Every day going to get a little bit warmer. We'll be in the around 80 today. Then we start to work our way up until we hit the 90s by Labor Day Monday. And there will be very high humidity at the same time. So it's going to be a real scorcher. I'm not complaining about it. I see Slider is cold in the studio. You're putting your, you're putting your sweatshirt back on. You're getting cold in there? A little chill, Howard. Oh, a little chill in the air. If I said it was like you remind me of my wife, she puts her sweater on when she goes into a I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, my wife's a wonderful person, but I thought, why should I sit here and be chilled when I have a sweatshirt right there? It makes perfect sense. Anyways, uh, it's a beautiful weather all weekend long into next week. Just every day, it's going to get a little bit warmer until we get to um, 
uh, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, will be into the 90s, where it means, and with very high humidity, we could be seeing 100, feeling 100 degree temperatures. What Howard is really saying is if you're uh, going to be active and you're worried about the weather, ah, you don't have any worries. Yeah, go out and do something. There's tons of stuff to do around the upper Ohio Valley. Uh, we took a little ride through Ogilvy yesterday, and they're getting everything all set up and all ready to go for uh, you know all of their activities that are going to be going up there. Uh, coming up the next hour of the show, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Stephen Adams uh, from the Ogden newspaper chain. Uh, he just finished a really tough stint. Had to work all week long at the Greenbrier. You know, whew, boy, somebody's got to do it, I guess. Stephen had to do it. Uh, economic development efforts are key at this uh, business summit down there. Some higher education talk uh, at the Greenbrier as well. We'll talk about that. Also, Stephen wrote a piece about more wrangling over the governor's work schedule. So we'll get into that with uh, with uh, Stephen coming up in the uh, next hour of the show. And our Unit Will Have a Travel Show is here right now. Jennifer is here with us. Good morning. Let's see. Grab yourself the mic. Uh, Bob, where do you want him to use? The one right there in front of her. her. Not him. It's a her. It's Jennifer. It's I, a her. It's, it's a her. I, I knew that. I don't know why I, just, I said it. I just let you go with it. That's okay. <laughs> I was just, I was muttering. I was like, <laughs> good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? You've been traveling anyplace? I went to Blennerhassett Island over the weekend. I've never been there. Have you been there, Bob Blennerhassett? I have not, but that's down by Parkersburg, right? right? It is, yes. We took a bus trip. There were 50 of us that went down to Marietta, hopped on the Valley Gem for breakfast and lunch, and took the boat ride to Blennerhassett Island. Um, and that was my first time to go there. So it was it was very neat and very interesting. And I now appreciate, like I do on all trips, history a little bit more. Because I didn't realize how much happened there and how Aaron Burr was part of there. And it was kind of weird to think I'm standing on the same grounds as Aaron Burr, sir. Yeah. So I've never been there. That whole, that whole area is kind of an interesting area, though. Marietta has a lot of interesting things. Somebody was telling me just yesterday, a friend of mine I had lunch with yesterday, said he and his wife went down to Marietta and spent a day down there down in that area. There's just neat stuff to do around there, I guess. There really is, because that's it. We even stopped at a greenhouse and a farmer's market on the way out, got some fresh uh, fruit and veggies, and got my mums for the front porch. And there's, it's really neat to drive even through the college town there, because it's the old brick buildings, and you just <laughs> get this homey feel. So, yeah, there's a lot in Marietta. You know, it's one of the things we should mention, and we'll talk about some of the big trips coming up here. you got Bermuda, you got Alaska, you got Ireland, Scotland, all these kind of things. And we always talk about those in Nashville and Christmas time and stuff. Uh, but there's you guys do a lot of the smaller trips, um, you know, someday one day, sometimes one day or two day trips, just to interesting places not all that far away. Yeah, and that's what I kind of like it because you feel far from home, even though we were an hour and a half away. So I felt like I was truly on an island. I'm like, I don't even feel like I'm in West Virginia anymore, but I am. It's, it's cool. So, yeah, we do a lot of the one-day trips. I mean, up to Pittsburgh for theater shows, sport trips. Um, we'll do, uh, Georgia did a sweets and treats trail and hit some of the old candy shops and bakeries that are up there. So it's nice to just get away for a day or two and escape your present world. And sometimes, does Marilyn still do the mystery trips? Yes, she does. Every year, one I, year. I still have never understood. So you just, Marilyn's going to pick a place and you're going to go with her and you don't know where you're going. You have no clue. So, yeah. And honestly, we don't even know. Marilyn doesn't tell Bill or I where she's going. <laughs> she's like, I found a great place. It's awesome. And we're going. Just there. just pay pay this. Just give me, give me checks for this. Okay. So, yeah. She tells them what time they're leaving. 
um, you know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., whatever it is. And we don't even tell you what time you're coming back because you might figure out how far we're going. <laughs> so if we say, you know, we're leaving at 7 and you'll be back at 4, obviously we're not you do, going do very far. do a little far. calculation. What about yes. footwear or clothing? Does she give that's, any clothes that's, there? She See, that's the thing I always think about, Bob. How do you know what to wear? You yes. Know, I, I, do I need shorts or do I need a sweatshirt? Yeah. Yes. Boots so, or sandals. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's what she does in her, her notes, kind of like, you know, We'll provide water, we'll provide snacks so that you're covered for the day. And then, yes, you know, bring a sweater, wear good walking shoes, wear, doesn't matter what you wear. So we kind of go through it all so that you still have that, okay, I, I feel prepared and ready, but you have no idea where you're going. I often wonder, you know, where does she come up with these ideas? Just sometimes they just pop into her, oh, I think I'll take people too. Yes, that's exactly what happens because sometimes we'll – give her suggestions from the conferences that we go to we go to a bus association conference and get ideas or you know we meet someone from visit pittsburgh or someone from visit marietta marietta's tourism board and we're like hey marilyn you should talk to them and then she does and ideas explode um but she also does a lot of traveling with her kids and grandkids and oh hey i found so she sees neat things along the way yeah yeah so So uh, Jennifer's point is one I make over and over again, which is just get away sometimes, you know, it just just a day, two days. We all get too caught up in our day to day activity and and we feel like we can. I can't I can't go somewhere. Just go somewhere. Let it let it be for a day or two. And that's even on the Blennerhassett Island one last Saturday. It would have been my first weekend at home since like april and i was like oh i really i did it for my dad my dad really wanted to go he'd never been there it was his well, father's good that you day do it. Do birthday it for your gift. dad that's yes. important do it for your um, dad but yeah i was like oh man i could have a whole saturday at home i hopped on the bus i'm like nope i'm ready let's go and then i did i forgot about the laundry that i needed to do and how my fridge was empty and you do you just escape and it was it was a really fun day <laughs> and and you, when when you're done you're you say boy i could have just sat at home and or I had a great ex- yeah. great experience and saw somewhere I never would have technically picked to go myself. So, <laughs> well, if any of you are interested in uh, little trips, big trips, whatever, one way you can find out about things that are coming up is the travel show is uh, what about two months away? Less than two months, October twenty eighth. So Saturday at the Highlands Event Center from noon to three, and it should be our largest show yet. Um, so last year we had about eight of our vendors um, on site. The year before, we've had kind of between eight and 12. I already have 17 confirmed and waiting to hear back from about 15 more. So I think we'll it, it was it was a slow gear up after the pandemic. It I was. mean, um, people just, you know, the first couple of years was a little whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I, it's a great opportunity for everybody. If you're thinking about traveling at all, go to the travel show. Watch the presentations about the different things coming up. A little review of some of the places you've been this year. It's always mm-hmm. fun to see that. Uh, vendor, 17, you said? Yep, 17, 17 confirmed, vendors, confirmed vendors. So, you know, there will be all kinds of booths and information around that you can go and pick up brochures. I, I, I'm i a brochure guy. Mm-hmm. I pick up brochures and take them home and skim through them and decide what we want to do. So it's it's a great time. So October the 28th, 28th October 28th at the Highland Events Center is the uh, annual travel show for Uniglobe. Um, I have heard, you and I have talked about this several times recently, but I am hearing more and more of my friends. Uh, in the last week, two different people told me they're going to Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's really picking up. I mean, maybe it's just the people I know, but 
I'm hearing, hearing more and more people talking about going to Alaska. I'm actually getting asked more about it, too. Um, I actually just sent my in-laws there. They just got back because um, they wanted to go to Alaska. We had the an event the other night. I had three people ask me about Alaska there. So it is really picking up, and, and people want to go to Alaska. And I can't blame them because it's one of my favorite destinations. Um, and we do a nice group trip here where you get to see the do the seven-day cruise and have a land tour to get kind of closer and deeper into Alaska and visit Denali National Park in Anchorage in the small town of Talkeetna. So it's really an amazing trip and one that should be on everyone's bucket list. And I, I've said it a thousand times. I, I First place, Alaska turned out to be one of my absolute favorite trips of all time. Just absolutely I loved it and I did not expect that. Um, but the combination of the land and the cruise give you a perfect way to see Alaska. There are things you can't see on a cruise ship, but there are things you can't do on the land tour. I mean, you, you really want to, if you can, you want to take them both. And that's it. When people ask me, you know, what's one place you'd go back to or what was your favorite destination? And Alaska is always up there in my, my top three. But it's because of that. I'm like on the land tour, I, I saw a national park and you see, you know, mountain goats and moose. But then you went on the cruise and you saw whales and and halibut and you go to the salmon capital of the world, Ketchikan, and you just see everything. I'm like, you have snow, you have heat, you have they're friendly like you feel like you're living alaska when you go there because you don't really feel like a tourist so it's a just a wonderful wonderful trip yeah it's just it's just a totally it was and it was a totally different experience than what i expected Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not quite sure what i expected but it was different than what i thought it would be that's it it was my first ever group trip that i did they said did you want to want to go to alaska i'm like sure i mean i was planning to go there eventually in life why not make it the first one and that's what I felt. I'm like, if this was not so far away, I would move here. Yeah. Like, I this is amazing. This is great. I could be a tour guide in Alaska. I could do this here. Because it was. It's just a, I didn't know what to expect either. It didn't really. It was my first cruise as well. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. And fell in love. So Yeah. Um, there's one town on the cruise ship. It's, I, I, I lose track of the names of the towns. It's basically, it's a shopping town. It's just a, an Alaska shopping town. And I can't remember the name of it, but I know we got off the ship and went on into the town right right off the, the dock. Uh, and my wife spent the day shopping, and I sat on a bench. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> but it was a it was just a really perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot to do. It was just it was just a shopping day. Yeah, probably Ketchikan because I know I that, that one. You, right. you come right off the ship, and you're just kind of like overwhelmed. There it is. Right. It's like oh, there's this beautiful mountain in the background, but if you look eye level, it's shops, 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 <laughs> shops and shops, which is where I got most of my souvenirs as well. So yeah, that one's neat. Um, and I've done. They have a, a lumberjack show there, which is kind of cute but also a little bit corny but it make they make it fun because it is it's like wow how are these guys running on a log and cutting a log at the same time and they do that that's the salmon capital of the world so there's different fishing tours and excursions that you can do but yes most people just do the shopping and catch a can you need a passport for the trip though right you do we fly into vancouver and do a pre-night there which is that's where you board the ship to start so you do have to have a passport since we're in canada all right i think we came well you do it both ways sometimes, right? You- yes. So we try. We normally like to start with the land tour and then end with the cruise. That way, 
it's kind of the more relaxing part and you're not unpacking every night. Yeah, that's, um, that's I liked it that way. Yes, yeah. but the airfare into Fairbanks to start the land tour has been very complicated because the schedules aren't great. So we thought we'll try to switch it up and see if that helps us this year to go into Vancouver and out of Anchorage versus in reverse. So we'll do it that way. And then individually wise, if you don't have a passport, you can do round trip Seattle as a Alaska cruise as well and go in and out of Seattle. You should point that out. I always think we forget about that. We always talk about the group tours and you've got an Alaska uh, cruise and land tour coming up next June and June of next year, which we can give more details about. Uh, but if you just want to go to Alaska, just we'll call Uniglobe. They'll, they'll put out, put you, figure out the right itinerary that works for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have some people, you know, they don't want to go with a group or our date doesn't work for them, but they like that itinerary or they still wanted to always go to Alaska. And we're happy to send you there and find the one because eight different cruise ships travel there and there's three different land tour companies, but we know them all and have studied or have not taken part in one of their tours. So we have all that knowledge to pass on to you and find the right tour that suits you. Does until the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob, do I need to do a break? I can't remember. No, we can keep rolling. All right. I'm thoroughly confused about what we're doing this morning. <laughs> well, well, you're confused. I got a question for Jennifer. Go ahead. And I don't know why I thought this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Is hurricanes good for business good or question. bad for business? That's a great question. Oh, that is a great question. Both. Um, so it kind of it, it goes both ways because do we have people that we had to fix their their schedules and their flights because of the hurricane? Yes. Um, do they go with it and understand that they booked during hurricane season? Yes, because we warned them of that. Um, but at the same time, people are like, you know what? I want to travel in July, August, September, October, peak hurricane season, and I don't want to go to the Caribbean. Where else can you send me? Oh, we'll send you to Alaska. Mm. We'll send you to Ireland or Scotland or wherever you want to go because you don't have the chance of it there. So sometimes we end up taking like the smaller Caribbean trip and turning it into a larger vacation because you want to avoid the hurricane. So it kind of goes both ways on that. Did uh, did you have to, uh, save isn't the right word, did you have to get people out of the hurricane uh, path? Uh, we had... Um, this past week? Yeah, we had a couple that was in the Caribbean um, that they kind of adjusted their week. They were able, they were had flexible schedules and they bumped it up a week versus going this past week. Um, and then I had clients who were flying back to Tampa and that's what I just kept watching their flight. And luckily, they their flight was on time. I was shocked. Um, I was like, you can't fly back to Pittsburgh on time. And yet there's a hurricane in Florida and you <laughs> and got you, back to Tampa. Back. Yeah. So it's weird how all that works out. But we just had to adjust a few things. But there was no one that was in the eye of the hurricane, so to speak. So that that was good. And, and I should point out, and I know this because I was on a cruise one time that did this. The cruise ships sometimes have to readjust their their itineraries to avoid a hurricane. I, it, we were on a cruise ship one time and the hurricane was out there and we lost a couple of ports because it had to mm-hmm. detour around. On the other hand, having seen some of the videos of people who don't detour around, I'm glad we, yeah. detoured, glad we detoured around it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've had, myself and Jenna have both had cruises where it wasn't even hurricane season. I had one in, in June in Alaska, we were supposed to hit just this tiny port I'd never been to for like three hours. Well, here it was too windy. And because it was such a small port and in this narrow portion of the 
ocean. They're like, we cannot dock here. We're not doing it. So we skipped that. Jenna had a Caribbean cruise in January. Same thing. The wind was just so bad. They were like, we can't do it. We're how it's in this cove. It's it's too windy. So even non-hurricanes can mess up your itinerary. Um, but there was a year I did the New England cruise and the hurricane was behind us. Mm. Like we're sailing up the coast. And, <laughs> and so we're in Portland it's and right it's in Boston. It's coming, and we're, it's coming, yeah. It's coming. And I'm just like, please keep moving. Please keep moving. I'm like, wait a second. We have to turn around. Like we have to come back at some point. But luckily where we turned around, because the captain did make an announcement, like we're going to kind of cut this port short a little bit to start heading out and take the long way back, so to speak. I mean. I don't track the ocean to see what the long way back is. But yeah, we've, we we ended up missing it, but I'm like, man, it's right behind us. So yeah, we, again, I, we had, um, I think we lost two ports in one, one year because it, we just had to detour around the, the hurricane and, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we had no problems. It was like you said, you prefer that over the other options so. exactly. <laughs> and I would too. Exactly right. You know, speaking of, <coughs> or I weren't speaking of, but I was alluding to, um, it's not kind of rocky water sometimes. You have a Bermuda cruise coming up, and I want to talk about that. And I want to promote it. But I, uh, some of the rockiest waters I ever had w- were on Bermuda cruises. And I'm not sure why. That's a great question. I also don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I know because Bermuda is so far east. I had to think for a second. It's kind of like off on its own. Mm-hmm. Um there's not much trees around to stop wind or yeah. stop things. So that I want to say that's why, but I'm not the meteorologist to give you the exact answer. Um, but I do know that when we do Bermuda, we do try to push it into, you know, April, May, June to kind of avoid hurricane season just in case because they, they do get hit more often than they'd like. Now, you had a Ron Retzer concert here recently at, at the Stifle. Um, and that looked like a pretty pretty good event. But if that was a good tease for some people, you're actually doing a Bermuda cruise with Ron Ratzer. We are, yes. So we did a couple years ago, 10, 12 years ago, a Music of the Valley cruise and sailed with Ron Retzer and a couple other local artists. And it was a huge hit. So we decided Ron did a Gateway Clipper trip with us. We were supposed to do another riverboat, but the riverboat didn't work. So we did the Stifle. And we said, Ron, do you want to do another cruise? And how about Bermuda? Um, because you do get about two and a half days just in Bermuda. That's the only port of call that you visit. So you can spend the time to see the pink sand beaches and the lighthouses. But also, if we throw in a Ron Retzer concert, you're not going to miss time in a, mm-hmm. a port or anything like that. So, yeah, next June, the 23rd to the 30th, um, we're sailing with the Ron Retzer Trio to Bermuda. And it's a motor coach to the pier in New Jersey. So no flying required. I love those. I think the no-fly cruises are the best. They're our biggest hit. <laughs> they would be, for Bob, they would be especially the best. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Signing Bob up for this one. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll do the, uh, it's at a new Cape Liberty, New Jersey, seven-day cruise. Um, this one's really nice because in addition to your typical meals and entertainment, port fees included, um, the beverage package is included with gratuities already included. So the price you see is just about the price you'll pay. Now, I left the most interesting for last, and unfortunately now we're shorter on time than I wish we had because uh, I was telling Bob earlier, I, it's not a bucket list. My bucket list is I'd love to go to the Mediterranean and I'd love to go to the Holy Land. Those are bucket list trips someday. Um, but close to that is Ireland and Scotland. I mean, I, I would really enjoy going there. And that's what Ireland and Scotland were on my bucket list. And I hit Ireland last summer and it was great. And it, 
what I liked most about that was I knew I was out of the country. I knew I was in Ireland, but it felt like home. I felt safe. They they are taking you in. They want to talk to the Americans and mm-hmm. they want to know about you. So I felt very safe there. And it's just luscious and green. And we went and did a sheepdog demonstration, which was cool to see all the sheep herd together and the dogs following them. And um, you, of course, have your pubs every night with the live entertainment. So it's just a neat home good feel um, in Ireland. And then I've not been to Scotland myself. Um, my husband has been three times and he loves Scotland even more than Ireland. So Scotland's on my bucket list now. <laughs> okay. Um, so what are you doing on this? You're calling it a taste of Scotland and Ireland, uh, this, this, which is n- next July. Yes. So next Ju- July. July 26th of 2024. It'll be 11 days, 10 nights. Um, and it's called a taste of Scotland and Ireland because you're kind of just hitting the key, key parts here. Um, so we'll start in Glasgow. Um, tour there you get to see you know the city chambers and the 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 whole town square Um, and then you get to go over to Loch Ness and you get to do a a wine tasting and a whiskey tasting and visit St. Andrews so you're just kind of hitting all the key points in Scotland uh, before heading to Ireland where we'll go to uh, Belfast, Dublin, Galway, Killarney, Ring of Kerry, the Cliffs of Mower, um, so it's a taste of because you're just seeing all the highlights in this 10-day trip. Um, and the, the Cliffs of Mower, the Ring of Kerry, they're top destinations for people that want to go to Ireland because they are just beautiful and the waves crashing on the rocks. My daughter I was there just this past year. Um, I mentioned she travels to Europe for work two or three times a year. Always takes a little extended something. And <laughs> she went to the uh, the Moor, what is it, the uh, Cliffs of Moor. Cliffs of Moor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I know she had a great time there. Sent great pictures back. Mm-hmm. So when I went, it was rainy. So I need to go back because I'm like, I can see the cliff there in the distance. I see it, but I also feel like I'm missing the blue sky. So I need it, to go back. If you're interested in, in Scotland and Ireland, uh, Scotland or Ireland for that matter, but this would be a really good like a big overview, a great way to get a, a feel and flavor for both countries. Yeah, and that's a, a lot of people when they do go to Scotland and Ireland, they start out with something like this. You know, I want to go and, and see the highlights, and then they go back and, you know, okay, I really liked Belfast. I really liked Glasgow. I really liked Edinburgh. And then they go back and spend two, three days there on their next vacation. For folks who have interested in any of these things, they can call Uniglove 304-232-5171 or drop by the office. Um you would know this because I'm going with your you guys. Uh, there will not be a show the next two weeks. Correct. Because I will be on the road, on the road again, somewhere, somewhere out in uh, in Route 66 land uh, over the next couple of weeks. And Bill is ready, so I hope you are too. The games are ready, the movies, the music, the <laughs> snacks, the itinerary. He's confirmed everything, so that one's ready to go. I asked him, "Do we have some unusual uh, surprises?" And he said, "Yes. I just won't tell you, but there will be there will be surprises along the yes, way." Yes, so. and I can't tell you either. But I, I look, you know, looking forward to part two, part two of our Route 66 trip. Uh, this time we're going. At last time we went from Chicago down to Oklahoma City. This time we're going from Oklahoma City out to the Santa Monica Pier. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I've said several times. My sense is that this will be more of the Route 66 that we tend to think of, which is the old desert, um, you know, uh, 
type of type of roadway in and the stuff. The true open road. Yeah, exactly. Of road 66. Exactly. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, but at any rate, if so, there won't be a travel show here the next couple of weeks. But if you have any travel interest, travel questions, travel concerns, travel ideas, call Uniglobe 304-232-5171. Give them a call. Uh, or again, better yet, just stop by the office corner of 12th and Market Streets in downtown Wheeling, and they'll be happy to do whatever it is you need to do, talk to you about whatever it is you need to talk about, and share get information where, with you. Get you where you need to go. Get you where you need to go. And remember, if you don't want to do a group trip, they're a lot of fun. I love them. But, you know, maybe just need some travel uh, help on a personal level. Then, by all means, stop by, and you guys can take care of that as well. Yep, wherever you want to go, we'll send you. Jennifer, I appreciate it. We're heading over to uh, ABC. They're going to cover the world for us. Stephen Adams with us next hour. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. On the roads and in the air, millions of Americans are traveling this long Labor Day holiday weekend. Major highways expected to be jammed.